You're listening to the ProcureTech Podcast, your weekly show for all that's cooking in the digital procurement space. Yes, we've got the hottest startups, thought leadership and conversation from visionary industry experts and definitely no stiff corporate content. I'm your host, James Meads, procurement pro, digital nomad and ProcureTech fanboy. And now here's this week's show. Yes, greetings and a very warm or actually very hot welcome to another episode of the ProcureTech podcast. We're all melting a little bit here because it's summer in full swing, but that doesn't stop us. Every week we bring you interviews with startup founders, academics and experts in the digital procurement space to make your organization more aware of how you can leverage the technology in this field and hopefully eliminate the need for you to do a lot of searching and RFIs trying to understand what this can do to drive forward your business. And today we're going to be continuing in this little SRM series that we've been doing following on from the interview last week with Lean Linking. And we're going to be diving into the space of services procurement. And to be honest, up until recently, services procurement was kind of the red-haired stepchild in this space. There wasn't really much technology around managing and sourcing services spend. And this has started to change, certainly within the past two or three years, and there is an increasing amount of competition in this space. So with that, I would like to welcome Fabian Heinrich, founder and CEO of Merkinis, onto the ProcureTech podcast to talk a little bit more about services procurement and the niche that they find themselves in. Fabian, very warm welcome to the show. Hey, James, it's a true pleasure to be part um, of your show. And I'm really happy to uh, discuss the topic of uh, procuring services today with you. Yeah, and I think it's it's also geographically very relevant, isn't it? I know when we were having the discussion, preparing for today a little bit, the outline of the episode, we touched on a on a couple of points around how services procurement can be quite different in a European market with lots of different countries and legal systems versus, for example, in the United States. So with that, maybe, and maybe you can sort of build this into the answer to this question, how do we move or how do we orchestrate the change of of how we source and manage services from more transactional to to more strategic? Yeah, I think um, the underlying topic here is not um, per se um, the the different geographics. It's more like that over the last decade, procurement volumes have massively shifted from goods and materials to services. And if we look uh, at that on a global scale, we are talking about an 11 trillion US dollar procurement volume, which is uh, fastly growing with 8% year over year. And I think here comes here comes the challenge of, um, of the orchestration because um, procurement organizations are just not uh, prepared for dealing with services and um, why is that because services do have an intangible nature and um, do have a lot of topics where you need to have clarifications and collaborations so um, what you ultimately need um, in terms of the the orchestration you mentioned is you need a very flexible 
system and you need a digital surface where the digital where the different stakeholders can can collaborate across the sourcing process so talk me through maybe then how how a, a platform for sourcing services would differ from from one of the more best of breed platforms of how you would source goods or materials yeah i mean um as you see in the in the current software landscape there are not many companies uh, tackling uh, the topic of 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 services because services are very different to to compare so a platform which does tackle services needs to be very flexible you need to have flexible workflows but also it's a topic of um, the categories because how do you categorize a certain service provider they can deliver uh, into subcategory a but also into subcategory c so uh, it's very tough also to cluster there is no there's no um, ultimate um, taxonomy you can you can put on top of all your service suppliers. I mean, if you uh, talk about the UNSPC code or the Nike's code, that wouldn't that work that well for your for your service providers. And and um, the even bigger difference is that as as you also may know from your experience, um, in a service sourcing, you need to work very closely with the end user across the RFI questionnaires, yeah. across the RFP. And I think there have not been many end users from the different departments who've been working on a day-to-day base in the in the in the big procurement systems yeah so you need to build yeah, you need to build a system uh, which is also user friendly and uh, and easy to use on a day-to-day base for the for the end user to really foster that collaboration across the buying process on a digital surface and I think you touch on a very valid point there in that services procurement is a lot more emotional, isn't it? Because if you're buying goods, I mean, yes, there's an increasing trend towards supplier relationship management and innovation for, for the procurement of raw materials, but ultimately for the, for the guy or the girl in the manufacturing plant that's using and, and, and is, the, is, is the main consumer of that raw material, they're going to they're going to care pretty much only about quality and on-time delivery whereas with services it's a it's a lot more nuanced isn't it in terms of just the number of stakeholders that are involved and a lot of the soft perceptions of of the delivery performance and the supplier management which which is much more difficult to capture than things like you know innovation and cost savings and an efficiency that you would look for maybe in a, a raw materials supplier. So let's touch on a little bit around the life cycle of managing service to spend because Mechanis obviously does the whole sourcing piece as well. And, and there's been a lot of focus on how you source services historically, especially due to the complexity and due, due to the fact that it's often difficult to get a harmonized scope of work that every single supplier can quote exactly to you know we're not talking about cleaning or catering here we're talking about things that are, are much more complex in most cases if we look at things like it or, or legal or marketing or or even consulting so once you've actually gone out and sourced what you want how do you then continue that momentum and ensure that the contract and the spend is managed properly throughout the duration of the contract, you know, to avoid this 
trap that has often happened in procurement departments in years gone by that somebody somewhere in central procurement would do a global frame contract that gets stuck in a drawer or stuck on SharePoint that nobody in the satellite locations knows anything about. Yeah, that's a very valid, um, that's a very valid point. Um, in the beginning, uh, we were under the assumption that building uh, a game-changing software for sourcing is enough, but what we realized with our customers what ex was exactly what you've been saying, that um, you need to you need to see through the topic of sourcing services in a more holistic way. And that means um, the historical functionality of an SRM system or contract lifecycle system, uh, you need to provide those features in a light version to the end user. Because the end user is not using any contract lifecycle management system, the end user is not using using any, any uh, CRM system, but um, if you provide in the same way like people have been providing since now 10 years uh, sort of catalog systems uh, to the end user in, 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 in C materials, if you provide that in the same way to the, to the end user, then the end user has kind of a, a base point, a single point of truth to start from. And if you on top of that can cluster uh, the the uh, suppliers by your framework contracts by the different tiers you cluster them you can send them your 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 compliance catalogs your your questionnaires as an end user in that way not only you drive visibility and transparency across your service span but more importantly you take away work from the procurement team you uh, you enable the procurement team to focus on more strategic topics while uh, kind of lifting the end user to the next stage of a kind of guided buying for services. And you mentioned a couple of interesting points in that answer because you, you talked a little bit about catalogs and, and you're right that catalogs, especially on, on goods and, and on non-strategic tail spend purchases like MRO and office supplies have been have been pretty commonplace for certainly the last 10 years. Not all companies have adopted it, but the, the technology has been out there for a long time. So if we separate then the very strategic big spend service items from some of the more decentralized spend that you get on services, and that you know, is particularly the case in, in countries like Europe where you have different legal systems and you can't just have one service provider across the whole continent for a whole multitude of reasons. Often, if that's then sort of pushed down to local or country level, that is usually where you get a lot of maverick spend, right? Because typically at a country level, the procurement people that you have will not be the same capability as, as someone working in strategic procurement in a centralized corporate procurement team. So what are the challenges of managing that type of decentralized spend on services across these more complex or maybe looking at startups, very rapidly growing organizations? And and how has Mercanis sort of managed to mold a solution to that problem? Yeah, you mentioned a very uh, interesting point, uh, because I do think if you look on a strategic spend level, the big spend buckets are very well managed from from smart and sophisticated procurement teams. But when it comes uh, to the decentralized and first and foremost to the to the tail spend in services, 
that's uh, very well said that uh, mostly maverick or at least let's define it as an unmanaged spend bucket and um, i think here i i really tend to say um, in that regard only because you can't see it it doesn't mean that it can't hurt you was what i mean by that is that basically even if it's not in your managed spend it uh, it's still a spend where you could drive savings still a spend which uh, costs you a lot of overhead and um, in that regard how can you solve that with mercanis i mean i was already mentioning that we enable the end users through guided buying the same fa in the same fashion uh, like people use catalogs for 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 direct materials and in that way um, you basically benefit from two value drivers on the one side your procurement team uh, can really drive the direction can really be the value-adding orchestrator and on the other side uh, you you enable your your end user to be faster to be more knowledgeable to to take smarter decisions uh, based on the insights uh, within Mercanus because you can manage your your vendors more holistically and at the end of the day if you instead of having an analog process uh, you have a digital competitive buying process for every single good in a very fast fashion you basically drive savings i mean you as a procurement consultant know it best that that's uh, that's a no-brainer if you have competing offers on 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 every rfq that that really drives your uh, bottom line savings so i think those are the those are the three kind of drivers uh, which can create savings and also drive value to any organization on that um, tactical uh, spend that um, you, ena you enable the end users through guided buying or even later on autonomous buying. You save a lot of overhead in your indirect procurement team and uh, let your indirect procurement team focus on the value adding and strategic things and third through alternative suppliers and competing offers and even every tactical spend, uh, you drive bottom line savings in every transaction. So it's a bit of a cliche, but there's the, there, there's, there is the saying that you can't digitize a broken process. So going back to what you said, I mean, there, there is this triangle, isn't there, between the procurement teams, between their stakeholders and between the supply base. So to get the most out of a solution such as Mercanis, I guess as preparation before you introduce something like this, you need to make sure together with stakeholders and with the supply base that you understand which suppliers can do what and which suppliers are strong in certain types of service to ensure that if you're going to have that AI-driven guided buying type facility within, within the platform, that the right suppliers are in there in the first place and that there's been some sort of collaboration or agreement or, or consensus with stakeholders around which suppliers should do what and which ones are surplus to, to requirements. Kind of like in any big organization, when you go through an initial spend analysis, or certainly I do, if I'm new in, a, in, in an assignment, I will do like a red, yellow, green exercise with stakeholders to understand which are the strategic or critical vendors versus which are the ones that are just essentially used for transactional purposes. So assuming that that is done in advance, what does Mercanis offer then as the orchestrator and the enabler to bring all of this under one roof? 
Yeah, I mean, you mentioned a lot of different uh, points. Of course, we cannot do the homework uh, and the and the process map and, and kind of transformation map of our customers. As you also said, um, AI might be here and there a buzzword, but at the end of the day, AI is like the brain of a little kid. You need to teach it, you need to feed it uh, to get something out of it. So all that preparation obviously has to be done and the system has to be fed. So we provide um, the digital surface with a very smart brain where all collaborators, meaning the end user procurement and the suppliers can have a value creating process to really uh, drive um, strategic impact. And one of the things that obviously post sourcing and post supplier selection the advantage of having all of this in one space is obviously then that you that you get good spend analytics and good data of what's being purchased because with services procurement you know it's not it's not a raw material against a specific specification so the purchase order text is typically you know free text based on what the requisitioner or the stakeholder wants to buy so you know improving that data i guess is also a big selling point of of having something like this in a centralized platform. Exactly. Uh, I mean, one thing is, as you were saying, the free text topic, the missing categorization. Um, here, basically, you benefit of the crowd intelligence of the platform and also on, on, on our own taxonomy, which we built. But uh, the other topic with regards to missing spend analytics is also that if the process is at the minute analog through emails, through exit sheets, of course, you don't have tracking capabilities and you're lacking a lot of um, spend analytics in the process. Yeah, and certainly from previous jobs and previous exactly. consulting assignments I've done, you know, getting spend on services or getting good spend data on services has always been the trickiest part because, yes, you may know what you're spending with a particular supplier just by getting a download of invoice data, but what it is that you're actually buying the data is very often pretty poor. Mm, yeah, that's completely true. So, I mean, this is a rapidly expanding market, Fabian. You know, it's two or three years ago, as I said in the intro, you know, there was barely a platform out there that could that could manage and procure services. And now there's increasing competition in this space. Like you say, it's, we're moving from a more goods-based to service-based economy in a lot of ways, with especially with tech. So how does Mercanist differentiate itself both both in terms of features but also in terms of potential customer base you know size geography that you see as your sweet spot yeah i think that's uh i think that's a bigger discussion your question i mean um i i know it when <laughs> when i founded scout there were not much uh, technological solutions out there when we went to market and i see it as a blessing that there's so many new interesting solutions to which digitize procurement and i feel actually uh, with regards to the buying of services there are not that many solutions out there if i compare that to to materials and goods or to other topics within procurement what we do differently is basically that we tackle um, services not only holistically across uh, the different stakeholders and across the value chain of the of the of the process, but uh, we also um, tackle it um, holistically with regards to strategic and tactical spend. We do not believe in a separation here, and as I've said, 
for the strategics, as I've said earlier, for the tactical spend, uh, we we have built the infrastructure where you have an AI guided buying with a kind of catalog experience. But on the other side, the software gives you also the workflows and the flexibility to, to use it for very strategic service cases through a RFI, RFP, RFQ process um, to also cope with very complex and uh, seven-digit projects. And I think then you have one place where you can really tackle all your service spend. And I think that's where we kind of differentiate um, uh, comparing us with other players. So it kind of offers something to, to both the centralized corporate procurement teams as well as uh, procurement professionals at, at country level that are trying to do something that's, that's perhaps a, somewhat more tactical in its nature. Yeah, I think like from, from the segmentation of customer groups, we see uh, in, our, in our inbound uh, leads like two, two majorly different segments. And it's on one side, uh, companies with more than like three, four, five billion in revenues, like like the let's say Fortune thousand, Fortune two thousand companies, and they are very sophisticated. They are very smart people and have very smart procurement organizations. But what they're missing is kind of a, a software for uh, service spend, and first and foremost for tactical service spend, because as you were saying, um, that uh, tactical service spend these days is mainly maverick spend. And um, I think uh, there cannot be a bigger pleasure to, to have more managed spend, right? Um, and the other segment, uh, the other segment uh, are companies um, below 3 billion revenue, uh, which are not manufacturing companies or don't have production facilities because they have by nature like a high degree of service spend and uh, usually they don't use one of the big uh, sourcing or procurement systems because it's not really tailored to their decentralized and service-driven structure. Yeah, and I would imagine that's definitely the case in some of these new tech unicorns that, uh, yeah, they certainly don't have legacy procurement tech in place, but they have a huge amount of services, especially compared to more traditional businesses. So yeah, it's a that's interesting to hear. So, so final question, Fabian, if anyone would like to learn a little bit more about Mercanis or to get in touch with you, what's the best way that they can get hold of you? I mean, you can reach us easily through our website or you can just drop me an email, Fabian at Mercanis. So very, very simple. And we are very happy to, to, to have a chat with um, procurement professionals and to, to have a chat about our product and about the nature of service procurement. And I will link to that in the show notes. Fabian, it's been a pleasure learning more about services procurement and how you feel that you're solving a particular niche in this space, both from the sourcing and the wider SRM and contract management. And uh, yeah, wish you all the best and, uh, and good luck for the future. Yeah, it was a true pleasure uh, being there. Thanks for having me and um, have a great time. So hopefully that gave you a little bit of a food for thought if you are in a business that has a huge services spend both on the strategic and on the tactical side, then what Fabian shared with us is very, very interesting in terms of how their solution can both 
deal with the very strategic part of sourcing very complex services, but also giving the guided buying that you have kind of for goods that's been out there, certainly in platforms like SAP, S4HANA, uh, for, for materials also now on services through a platform like Mercanus. Finally, a big shout out from me to all of our listeners. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We know you have a big choice now of procurement podcasts to listen to. Most of them actually are pretty good and I listen to them myself. So thank you for taking the time to insert us into your earballs today. And don't forget to subscribe to the show if you like us to get notifications each time we publish a new episode. Stay safe out there. Keep doing what you're doing and driving value in your organizations. And I look forward to speaking to you again the same time next week. Bye for now.